0: Today we are talking about conflict, transformation, empathy, self-care, essential oils, you name it, we are covering it. It's all about looking after ourselves, looking after our guests, and understanding where they're coming from when we're handling difficult situations. And I, my guest today is Ali Camaletti and she's going to share with us her knowledge and experience of helping teams manage their handling of challenging situations. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm super happy to be back with you as ever. Have you noticed people are becoming a little bit more edgy, a little bit more frustrated with things, annoyed, irritated, even angry than usual? You know, I'm not going to reflect too much back into the year of 2020 and what we've all been through. We know what we've been through, but we seem to have developed a difference in how we handle things. i just give you one example. I mean, this is not to do with vacation rentals, but my, my sister told me yesterday that she had she was just coming out of a store, going back to her car in the car park, which actually wasn't that full. And as she was walking to it, she saw that a, a guy in the truck was reversing into the parking space next to her. And he was having a, making a Bit of a meal of it and it took him three or four goes to actually get his truck backed into this space between her car and the one on the other side so much so that when jan got back to her car she couldn't open the driver's door and the guy was just getting out of his truck and she said excuse me what he said she said um i can't get into my car oh don't be stupid of course you can and she said no come and take a look and he stomped around the side of his truck and he looked and he humped and he got back into his car and he just, not another word to her, just reversed out and drove off. That's just one little example. It you know People don't seem to be that courteous to each other, not right across the board. I know that's a real generalization, but we have lo- noticed that there is less courtesy, less tolerance these days. Now, I'm sure, you know, we've all been living through COVID in our different ways. And some of us, you know including all the frontline workers, the emergency services workers, the nurses, the doctors, they've been working through dealing with the public in their way. and of course we have as well. You know, I'm not saying that we're, we are as important as those frontline workers, but anybody who's been dealing with the public, whether they be somebody in, in, on a grocery checkout or in the bank or at the vets office. Or reservationists on the end of a phone, we are dealing with people who are frustrated, intolerant, irritated, annoyed, and sometimes downright angry and that's what we, we were having a bit of a a reflection back on the summer with our team, and this came up as a theme through the summer. so we want to go into next year prepared for something similar, because this probably isn't going to go away before next summer. And and if it does, you know, we're going to be dealing with, with people who are in a slightly different frame of mind. They're finally able, able to travel. We may expect them to be relieved, but there's going to be a lot of pent up frustration and they want everything perfect. So when things aren't perfect, which they aren't always, then we're going to have to have methods of dealing with them So, when I read an article in VRM Intel by Ali Camaletti, who's a leadership and sales consultant, and it, it was about conflict transformation, and I was intrigued by the book that she had read that sparked off the idea for the article. And Ali's been on a couple of other podcasts recently. She's been on with Sarah and T, she's been on with Matt Landau. So, me, everyone, not to get off the bandwagon. I wanted to have Ali on here as well, but I wanted her specifically to come on and talk about, you know, how we handle these difficult customers and also how our staff take care of themselves whilst doing so. So without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Ali Camaletti. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to give a huge welcome to Ali Camaletti And I first met Ali in Bend in Oregon. We may have met before Ali, but I know we sat down and actually had a, a short conversation. I heard about your adoption process and some other things. And I wish we'd had more time. And I wish I'd got to know you better earlier on because we've probably been to so many VRMA conferences and not really touched base beforehand. So welcome. Thank you so much for
1: joining me. Thank you, Heather. I feel like it's an honor. I have watched you present and loved your work and listened to your podcast. So thank you for this.
0: It's it's absolutely my pleasure to have you on board. So you're a, a leadership and a sales coach. You work with vacation rental companies. How did you get there? How did you get into the business?
1: Well, I've always been in hospitality. That's all I've ever done since I was a kid. I grew up around restaurants and had my first career in restaurants. And I just love hospitality. And then I worked for a technology company that introduced me directly to vacation rentals. As far as the management piece, even though I grew up, that's how we traveled. My parents, it's like, yep, get on BRBO back in the day, you know, it was the early 90s when we were doing that. So it was a natural introduction into this. And I feel like as we evolve as humans, you know, we do the work and then we share our work. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. (laughs) <laughs> well, I know you
0: share, I know you share your work because you you know I've I've seen you at conferences, seen you talking. You share it very easily, confidently, and extremely effectively. And I'm sure you do that in the business as well that you do at the moment, which is consulting with vacation rental companies, helping their staff, helping their leaders. But one of the big reasons I wanted to talk to you today was because of an article in VRM Intel called Practicing Conflict Transformation. And it just so happened that I was reading that article and I'd just come out of a team meeting with my own staff where we'd been reflecting back on 2020, like we've all been doing, you know, what did you like the most and what did you not like the most, etc. And what came out of it was that the nature of our guests has changed, or it seemed to change this year they weren't the same happy, happy, happy people that we were used to. They were more uh, they were more prone to frustration when things went wrong. When those things went wrong and they got frustrated, they also got angry. And when they got angry, they were taking it out on the person at the other end of the phone. And of course, that person on the other end of the phone was a member of our staff who was then having to deal with the guests' issues and how they were handling it and While at the same time having to deal with their own because each one of our staff was having their, you know, some of them had been furloughed for a couple of months and then got pushed straight back into a a really high level of work, basically, because we we did six months of work in three weeks to book. And then we went through the summer and we were 100% booked and we had people crying over the phone because they couldn't get a space anywhere. We had new owners to deal with. So I tell you this because I think this is the story that you would hear from countless property managers across the country. Those of us who were fortunate enough to have the feast this year, because we know it was either feast or famine, but we had had the feast as many did. So, When I saw that article, I thought, oh, conflict transformation. This is something that we need to address with our staff to help them with 2021, because there's a great likelihood that we're going to be dealing with something very, very similar. So that was a long way (laughs) (laughs) round. Well, to give you the background, that's how I got here and why I wanted to talk to you after I saw that article. And it was one part of the article I read. And it said, I found it interesting that when ch- when children are acting out emotionally, it is crucial that we hang out in the right side of the brain with them, empathizing and validating their feelings before bridging to the left side of the brain, where we talk about the why and use logic, totally easier said than done. So- I'd like to explore this um, and I have a few questions for you, but I'd love you to give me the background of where that article came from. You read a Siegel book and, you know, if you can give me a little summary of that and why it prompted you to to write the article.
1: I am so grateful that you liked that article. I've done a presentation on it as well. And sometimes I'm like, oh, do people get me? Cause I feel a little bit like the black sheep sometimes when I go out and I write this stuff, but I feel so passionate about it. I just can't help it. I want to share. And Mm. it was a Dan Siegel book, whole brain child that I was reading as I was prepping to go into toddlerhood. And my daughter is now three and a half and I am using this information full force now. And I was camping and I had the book out and a friend arrived And this was like, I don't know, three years ago, maybe I want to say not two, And she said, oh, you're reading Dan Siegel. I love that guy. I was like, oh, you must have read this book. You have a toddler. She's like, no, I'm doing his content right now. I'm like, what? You know this guy? And she's like, oh, yeah, I have so much information on this guy. He literally is brilliant, Allie. And so she gave me books and showed me like what she had built as far as his uh, content. And I was like, oh, wow. And I just soaked it up. I loved it so much. I love how our brain works and how we can rewire our own brain. And so that's what really inspired it and then I was listening to Bre- Brené Brown and she was bringing in, you know, how we basically put people in a place that's really unhealthy mm-hmm. and it's that guest that just elevates us. And so I have been doing a lot of cl- conflict transformation uh, throughout my life with employees, frontline employees, I know that they don't always understand what's triggering them. Mm-hmm. And it is a trigger, often.
0: <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, this this is why I don't deal with with people and I hired somebody in to deal with our difficult people because I, I get triggered very quickly. I think we all know that. You know, if you're talking to somebody and they just say something and you're just off on one. And yeah, so so I, I need I need to hear. I think we all need to hear a little bit more about, you know, what causes those triggers and why why perhaps some people don't get triggered as easily as others.
1: Emotional intelligence. Okay, tell that us more. About that. So emotional intelligence is about the ability to recognize and understand and manage our own emotions as well as understand and influence emotions of others. Mm-hmm. And I remember working with an owner of a VR and we were traveling together while I was training his team in two different markets. And he's like, just so you know, I don't have any emotional intelligence. And I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that because that helped me understand that that was going to be a big part of what I was going to bring into his staff because that was something that was not being talked about.
0: So what did he mean by he doesn't have any emotional intelligence?
1: He doesn't connect. He's not able to see other people's emotions. He's not able to really understand when he gets triggered and stop. Like mm-hmm. I think of somebody i worked with. I it was a VP of a company and she brought me into her office and she said, Allie, I don't think you like me. And she goes, I think you don't like me because I fired your friend. And I was like, hmm. I'm like, oh, Ali has to be honest. It happens. Suck it up. And I'm like, actually, it's the screaming I'm just not comfortable with the screaming. And so I try to keep my distance. And she's like, oh, I'm working on it. I promise you, I'm working on it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm here to support you with that. But that's why. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't gravitate to people that handle their emotions in that way, especially if I'm not in a position that I'm coaching them. (laughs) If I'm coaching them, it's much easier, right? I know how to go with that
0: yeah abs- absolutely so going back to em- emotional intelligence and different people perhaps having different levels of it is it something that we can help our staff build or should we be hiring at the very outset to to put the right people in the right places and I know with our customer relations manager now I sometimes sit on a phone call and I hear her defuse a situation and she can take the angriest person. And within minutes, she has brought them back to not only agreeing with her, but by, but also, you know, telling her how great she is and how great our company is. And it's like, oh my gosh, if that had been me, yeah, the, the phone would have gone down and not on a very good note. So should we be doing testing with everybody before they come and work for us?
1: You know, I think it's good to do some personality testing to know what you're getting into. It's not always going to show some of the emotional intelligence pieces. But I also believe in building up and coaching your people. That's what makes them stay a long time with you, right? So and how do you do this? How you know, i'm I'm
0: looking for the how here for, for those listening who are thinking, yeah, I need to perhaps coach my people a little better into handling challenging situations.
1: It's listening it's giving them space, it's honoring them. I recently, I'm part of this group that is a leadership group and somebody was like, I can't deal with this person, what do I do? You know, And I was like, well, first part is, let's look at you. Are you getting the self-care you need so that you can be present for people? Mm -hmm. We need to do that as leaders, as well as frontline people. We need to make sure we're giving ourselves the self-care so that we're in the space to hold that for other people. Because if we are already, and we know everybody's grieving, everybody's stressed. So that's the base of it. And if we're not in that place, we're going to be triggered easier. Mm -hmm. I have been working through a lot of triggers, I'd say, in my 40s, for some reason, has been my journey of work, personal work. And I know when something triggers me, right? I can feel it in my body. And so when I coach people, I talk about that. I'm like, okay, did you feel it in your body? Yes, at what point? When she said this, okay, what is behind that? When we understand the why of why we're being triggered, when it comes up again, we can like breathe through it and be like, okay, I know what that is, I see that, that's emotional intelligence. So you train and coach your people how to understand their emotions and what they're experiencing. I had a gal that I worked with for (sighs) it took two years to teach her empathy. But you know what? I will tell you the owner, like six months in, she's like, she still doesn't have empathy. I'm like, we're working on it. It's not going to happen overnight. Empathy doesn't it's not something I can give you to drink. And I truly believe this. And I asked her and she disagreed. But I truly believe what was able to get her to a place of empathy is having true struggle. And she had her father be diagnosed with cancer and she was living with him and caretaking for him. Mm -hmm. That helped her hold space for people because I go back to Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements. It's the base of everything for me, right? It is be good with your word, right? It's our tone. It's our word that we put out there in honor. Don't take things personally. That person that's screaming at you on the other side has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. at all. Now what we do is we don't judge. We do not judge that. That's where people struggle the most. And then we just understand that we're doing the best we can today. And Mm -hmm. it's okay if you come into work and be like, Heather, I'm struggling today. If I really have tough calls, can I pass them off to you? And you might be like, oh, that's not a good day for me. But you know what? It's okay for us to say, I'm going to look into that. And I'm going to give you a call back if it's not pressing right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to take that time. We're in this like, uh, panic mode, especially right now. And as you talked about the way your business was, right during this time, you were like, Ugh. and I felt that like all these companies are just like, I'm kind of trying to tread water right now. This is different. I'm not used to this. We're having to do things differently. Tons of stress, tons of grief. We know that everybody experiencing it. So when this pandemic first started, I was on a podcast with Matt Landau and he said, you know, what do you think is going to come out of this? And I truly thought I'm like, people are going to know what empathy is, the word, and I'm going to not have to be teaching it as much. Oh, wrong. I was so wrong. I have to teach it even more now because what's happening is we're stressed too, right? Not just the people on the outside, us.
0: hmm and this is something that we definitely experienced, you know, and we've been in business for 17 years and we, we can go through the course of a summer. We know it's because I mean, our, our business is July, August, that's our, our main business. And we know there's going to be issues. There will be one massive one each summer. There always is that usually results in some massive refund or relocation. This year there were numerous big issues. And and of course, as I said, you know, all, all our staff are dealing with their own issues as well. Yeah, it hasn't been easy for anybody, but I just think this is a great opportunity, a great opportunity to reflect back and say, okay, so how did you feel when that happened? I mean, we're, we record everything and we can go back and say, so how how did you feel when that happened? How could, you know, would you have liked to have handled it differently? Would you have liked to have come off the phone and say, hold on? Let me just take this away and find the answer for you and come back to you rather than try and deal with it then and there. That's what I usually do. If, if, so, if, I get, if I get into one of those, it's like, yes, let me get out of here and I'll
1: get someone else to deal with it. There's two things. I love that you do the recordings because a big piece of my business leading into the leadership part has been scoring recorded calls and coaching people, right? And I would take a call and we'd play it together and I'd be like, something changed right here. What was it? Mm -hmm. Uh, She said this. And sometimes it's like, my mom used to say that. And we talked a little bit about psychology before we got on, right? It is psychology. It's like, okay, let's talk about that. That was a trigger. So how could you have worked through that next time differently instead Mm -hmm. of, and she's like, I think I just need to know that that's what it was. And this lady is not my mother. And so I think that is really important. And then the other part is that I'm hearing is, We need to hang out in the right side of the brain before we go to the left. And that's what I was so interested in and loved with Dan Siegel is that literally our brains, if we're in that right side of just kind of blowing up emotionally, no matter what you say, you will not be able to make it better. I don't care. You won't. You have to hang out in that right side of the brain. And that's asking questions and leaning into it. And this can be hard too, because people are like, I don't wanna know their problems. I have enough of my own problems. Oh no. What we're missing right now is connection. Every single person is missing connection right now. And it's crucial as humans that we have connection. And so that's your time to connect. And that's where you're talking about this person that you're like, wow. And now they're a fan. I bet you money she's hanging out in that right side of the brain and mm-hmm. it's empathy it's feeling for them and we don't carry on those emotions but we're able to be in a place of honoring them i can't understand what that must feel like saying those words that respect what they're mm-hmm. experiencing
0: yes and you know i i perhaps should have brought christina on onto this because uh, you know she, she listening to her is like listening to a master class in- <laughs> in diffusing and she does she is hanging out in the right brain she's not immediately coming up and i think this is where a lot of people go wrong is that they they hear the problem immediately they are thinking solution logical this is what we do from here on in rather than just reflecting back those emotions you know i understand that you're feeling angry i understand this is your family vacation and this has happened and you are feeling whatever emotion that's coming out you're feeling frustrated and then move on from that um but
1: make to sure in. and make sure that you've held that space for long enough mm-hmm. i call it like letting them puke <laughs> i know some people don't like this image but sometimes when you have the flu and you think you're done you're not really done mm-hmm. so pause it's okay to pause and if they say are you still there Say, yes, I'm writing all of this down. I want to make sure that I understand everything. And then they might be like, and this and this and this. And then going back and saying, so if I understand correctly, it's the mouse poop. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you had someone that literally had gotten a disease from being around rat, uh, rat feces. And that's a big fear for you with your child. Yes. Because sometimes we're also validating their trigger. Mm-hmm. I completely understand why this would be so crucial to you. And I'm going to do everything I can to make this right.
0: Yeah. I really resonate with what you just said. Actually, we're talking about mouse poo <laughs> because, you know, we're, we're in a cottage area and for us who live here, mice are just, you know, you leave a door open, mice are going to come in. They're going to poop everywhere So put a trap down. And then you've got to take out the little body and, in the olden days, more, you know, people were more tolerant. Guests were f- much more tolerant of, of this type of, of thing. And they would, they would do that. You know, oh, yeah, it's mice. That's not an issue. We'll just get rid of them. We have a different type of guest these days. And we have, we have to recognize. And this, this was a big issue this past summer because we had COVID and we had lots of mice. <laughs> and we had to relocate a family, uh, a family of eight in a time when we had no properties to put them in and they'd arrived and they started finding mouse poop and the cleaner said it was not there. She was there the day before she was not, it was not there. And we we understand this mice can do their beers very, very quickly and take over a property very quickly, but there was no, and, and the owner said, Oh, it's just a few mice. And you know, our staff were having to deal with this major, major fallout because to this woman, she had children, she, it was dirty. A, she was, she was dealing with, you know, I want to make sure everything is COVID clean. And of course, yes, everything has been cleaned and disinfected, but the mice didn't care about that. And th- that, that was, it was, it's, it's a great case study. Actually, I think we'll probably use it over and over again. We were actually able within 24 hours to take on a brand new property that had been, we'd been talking to an owner about and get them moved into it within 24 hours. Wow. Otherwise it would be, you know, they, they, it would have been sending them home, but yes, what you just said about hanging out in the right brain and understanding where she was coming from with small children and fear of, you know, the hygiene fears, that was probably exacerbated by covid so so yes i love this idea hanging out in the right brain what other ways are there of doing that so you, you you're saying reflect back to them what their emotions are so that's an understanding that they, but it's you, asking
1: asking yeah. right if i understand correctly mm-hmm. right because we get in trouble if we're like this is what i'm hearing you know if we're if we're putting words in their mouth, we have to be really careful with that and how we do that. It takes, it takes real focus and patience, but definitely reflect back Mm -hmm. and give them that space, pause, ask them, is there anything else? Right. You want to get it all out because if you don't get it all out at the end, it's, it's going to backfire on you.
0: Yeah, and I think people are reluctant to do that. They don't want to say, is there anything else? Because it's almost like it's opening the floodgates to every other frustration that's out there.
1: Well, and sometimes we don't want to ask how their day is. Mm -hmm. And I've had people be like, I don't know how to handle it. And I'm like, well, we're going to talk about that. And I'll work with you on that. But this is a must. You're working with people. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to connect with people. And this is how we do it. And so it's getting over your own fears Of what if they say something I don't know? Like the gal that I was teaching empathy to. This woman had said, you know, I think it was like her brother had died and she was coming up and needed to get away. And I was like, listening to the recording and afterwards, I'm like, so talk to me. That was your time to be empathetic. What was going through your mind? I don't know what to say to that. That's terrible. I'm like, okay, let's talk about how we could have said things that made her feel connected. Because there's something called like when you miss the opportunity, it's even worse because somebody got vulnerable with you. And you just like went, "Eh." that is such a terrible feeling to have when you as a human have put yourself out there and don't get validated in some manner.
0: That is a great point. So it all really comes back to listening, listening well listening well because you will only know if somebody's being vulnerable with you if you're listening for it. If you are on the phone just with with one ear on what's going on and the, the rest of you is thinking about, how am I going to get out of this situation? <laughs> it's it's not going to go well.
1: We listen to respond and it gets in our way. We're humans. So stop listening to respond and listen to hear. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done that, then you can go to the place of options. And it's always options. People feel out of control right now. And so what's also happening as humans is we try to control other things because we can't control the biggest thing. Right. Mm -hmm. We can't even control being able to go out and dine, at least in my area right now. We can't control the fact that my daughter, I'm not going to have a picture of her with Santa this year. We have no control over that. So we can flip out and try to control other things or we can spin it. And I'm like, okay, I want to look for sleigh rides. That is a different experience I don't usually do with her. And she'll be able to enjoy that and be like, remember, we went on the horse and, you know, and that's something that can be COVID healthy, I'll say. Mm -hmm. So give them options of how to resolve the situation because they want to feel in control.
0: So so we often ask our guests, what is it that they want? What would you like for us to do? You know, what would be the best outcome for you? Even when knowing that there's not going to be a win-win in certain circumstances. You know, somebody's arrived at a property, they made a wrong choice. It happens very rarely, but they made a wrong choice and they don't like it from the moment they walk in the door. And we have nowhere else to put them. So that is when we go. So, you know, this is the situation. What would you like? What would be the perfect outcome? And then, of course, you get, well, I want you to find me something else right now. And that that's a tough one because whatever you, whatever they say in that instance, you're not able to do
1: for them. So what happens then? Well, I would believe that there's relationships with other vacation rental companies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when you know who your people are that you can contact and that's where you knew you had a house that was going to possibly come on program and you pushed and made it happen. Right. You got creative. I love that. I think that's fabulous that that happened.
0: Oh, it was, um, it was coincidental. I'm sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> believe in coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> it was serendipitous. Let's call it yeah the universe I, at work but i think i think for everybody you know you've you've got to 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 believe that there's always a solution and it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily the perfect solution but there is a solution and working on the working with the guest on you know how to make that solution work out for the best for them but i think you know you you said hanging out in the right brain once you've done that you've you've demonstrated the empathy that hanging out in the right brain does, and then have have taken it forward. So you're, you're sort of maybe not halfway there, but certainly a good proportion of the way there.
1: And the empathy has to be real. And a lot of people want to go to silver lining. Brene Brown does a, a great little video on empathy versus sympathy and uh, the silver lining. And I didn't realize until watching her work, I was like, Oh, I'm totally that silver lining person. I need to stop that. I am not creating good connection when I do that. And the silver lining is that, oh, it'll all be okay, right? That's not what pe that's not what makes people feel heard or validated or comforted. It isn't. And instead, sitting with them in it. because if you go straight to we're gonna find you something and you know it's gonna be great. and you know, even if you think that still it's good to think that, you gotta hang out in that place. You can't mm-hmm. go to the silver lining oh, but you're going to be next to the this now and you're going to be this in this location and you're trying to spin it and it just doesn't feel as authentic and genuine and connecting.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ab- absolutely. I like that. I, I actually hadn't read anything from Brené Brown until I delved a little bit more into some of your articles and uh, s- some, some of your work. So I've connected that too. Um, I just want to go back. You mentioned the four agreements earlier on. It's a book I have in my library that I haven't pulled out and read for a while. So I will put links on the show notes to everything that you've mentioned for those of you who want to go and uh, and check that out. So have you got any more tips you can give to people about handling upset guests on a call? Remembering too that you know many of our listeners are independent owners, not necessarily those who have, like I have, in that very wonderful position of being able to have somebody else who's dealing, who deals with that. Uh, So I don't get triggered because I don't go there. But for those people who are perhaps, you know, doing everything themselves, what tips do you have for them?
1: One is always to have grace on yourself, with yourself, right? Know that it's a numbers thing. You're gonna have this many calls. There might be one that doesn't turn out how you want. And it's a numbers thing. That's how I see it. And that helps me have grace when those kinds of things come up. The other part is you have to rejuvenate. You have to rejuvenate. It's crucial. It's that piece of how can you give if you have nothing to give? And so for me, I lean into exercise. It's something I learned during my adoption weight. And I had a tough morning last week. Not that it was just one, but I've had, I've had a tough time sometimes personally with things that I go through and I found myself in tears and I'm like, Allie, you have to rally. All right, get on those tennis shoes. It's a little cold out today, but it's 28. You can do it. Go run. And it changed my day. The other part is essential oils. Like if I was an owner having those calls all the time, I would be bathing in essential oils and <laughs> I will say that I don't do pharmaceuticals just for me because I had a crazy tumor from pharmaceuticals. So I'm really kind of anti, it's just not something I do. And so that's where I went into essential oils. And during my adoption weight, when I had anxiety and depression together, my little regimen was I have rollers and I would do lavender and then peppermint on top on the back of my neck. And I will say when it was really during the height of it, I would do it four times a day. Mm-hmm. And so whenever that heart started racing, bang, I'd bust out the essential oils. And it doesn't, it just softens you enough that you can breathe. Another thing I've used in the past, like when I have was speaking and was still like, ah, makes me a little nervy, is rescue remedy. It comes in a tincture. You can find it in any natural food place and that you just put on your tongue. I had a friend that one time she's like, I don't know, like give me those crazy oils. I'm about ready to speak. I'm like, here you go. And she's like, holy moly, those work. I was like, yeah, that's why I take them. <laughs> they work. But uh, so tools like that. I, I will definitely and- go on
0: with the essential oils, you know, and, and I'd mentioned that I'd worked in therapy for you know, a lot of years. And rescue remedy was something I always had on hand if I had a client who was very upset. Uh, and of course I was doing hypnotherapy. So it's, you know, you, you've got to bring people to a level before you can start to go into any trance work. So yeah, rescue remedy was, was absolutely brilliant. But I also had it around with the kids when my kids were growing up, you know, if they had a meltdown and share some rescue remedy with them. But as far as essential oils are concerned, yeah, I think I probably used more of it than they did. Um, as far as essential oils are concerned, I, I I always had something burning in my therapy room and still do in, you know, some, some I mean, you can call when you're sitting in front of a desk talking to a guest. It's your own personal therapy room sometimes. So having a lavender candle or a, a diffuser or something like that, is amazingly effective. So thank you for mentioning that.
1: And the last one I would say, yeah, breath work. I've leaned into breath work more recently. I was actually on a meetup with this gentleman who was an exec at Boeing, and he self-healed. He was diagnosed to be terminal. And he had a lot of tools, but one of the tools, because I've been wanting to meditate and I just – I don't know. It just hasn't been happening. So I've been leaning into breathing. And my breath work that I do is I do a four count. And so I breathe in with a slow four count. And what he said is you visualize your heart expanding. And then you breathe out with a four count. And you visualize your heart coming down. And so I visualize it like going into a flat piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I practice often. Sometimes I practice it when I'm driving up to the mountain and it feels a little icy, but I really believe in it. There's another technique where you can breathe in on a six count, hold for three, breathe out with nine. Like there's so many different types of breathing that you can do quickly to really help you.
0: Yes, I'll, I'll go along with that. I was, I was practicing that the other night. It was breathing in on four, holding for four, breathing out on six. <laughs> that was simply as a get to sleep mechanism. And, and, and that's something else when we're dealing with all these situations throughout the day, you get to the end of the day and your mind is, is working in overdrive, trying to figure out, you know, could I have done this differently? Could I have done it better? I made such a mess of that. I'm a bad person and that's, you know, the, you, the, the mind then goes into this, into a bit of a spiral and before you know it, you're, you're wide awake and will I have a job tomorrow is the last thing you think. Um, so, so I like the idea of, of learning some of these things and at least trying them out. You know, there's, there's so many apps out there, like the calm app. Synctuition is another one. Headspace is another one. I'm going to put all these on the show notes because, um, I've been trying them all out. I use muse meditation and I do 10 minutes of meditation every single morning. And I don't know whether I could do more than 10 minutes, but it really sets you up for the day and sort of, you know, a lot, along with you, I think you and I are com- in complete simpatico. You know, I will go and do half an hour of cardio and then I'll sit quietly for 10 minutes. I follow the miracle morning, Hal Elrod's miracle morning. And that has you doing six separate exercises every day, which trying to remember them now, which is, um, well, it's exercise and meditation and reading and journaling and affirmations and the other one.
1: I'm big on gratitude right now. I'm I'm doing, yeah, yeah, I'm doing 30 days of gratitude. I probably do it twice a year. I do it when I feel like I start to feel negative. What I've learned is that it is like an antidepressant, but the key is you write it down every day. Can't miss a day. If you miss a day, you have to start over. And I tell you, I've missed one day and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to test this. Didn't have the same result. At the end of those 30 days, I kid you not, I like walk outside and I'm like, oh, the clouds today. Look at the light. And, you know, it is kind of crazy, but it's rewiring your brain. We can rewire our brain, as you know, Heather. And so I'm all about doing that.
0: Yeah, completely. And for for those of you who are listening, and I, and I have one particular listener who I know is... You probably won't agree with a lot of what we're saying, but I would simply say just, you know, if you ever do get stressed, frustrated, upset with the way things are going and and the way you're handling them, then just try one thing. Just try one thing. It's a bit like teaching your kids, you know. It's just that, that green bean on the plate. Just try one. If you try it and you don't like it, fine. We won't give you green beans again, but you know, one day in about 10 years time, you'll be eating green beans.
1: (laughs) Well, and the body keeps score. I'm not an advocate of living by fear, but I do believe that I do these things to honor my body too, and my own health, as well as my mind.
0: I love that. I love that. So Ali, I know you love the outdoors too. And- if i if i could live outside i would be the happiest person on the planet <laughs> at the moment it is i don't know you go you have funny temperatures we're minus 15 centigrade today which not sure what that is but it's darn cold but i'm still going outside in it i will still go outside and walk for for 3 or 4 miles later on today to get out it's just about knowing what works for you and just doing something because, as you said, the body keeps score. So, Ali, tell me, you'll be going to the Women's Summit, I'm quite sure, in December. That is absolutely my goal. And what do you think you're going to be talking about?
1: You know, I have no idea right now. This year is sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about until quickly before because I do like to – Mm, be a little more cutting edge and not talk about the same thing. I get bored with the same content as anybody would. But I will say that I am in the process of developing an article on what we've been experiencing in trauma uh, for VRM Intel.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'll look forward to reading that. and I'll look forward to catching up with you again in New Orleans next December. Very yes. excited about that because I, I spoke to Amy a while back and I, and, and she said it, it was around about the time when she was thinking about cancelling in February, and she said, what do you think about Christmas? And I said, you you just got to do it, you know, do it in December. New Orleans in December, going to be amazing. Beautiful. So my, I, I, want, I want to do something on hypnosis and using self-hypnosis in particular, and I'm just sort of envisaging – a room of a room of people and actually ha- going through a hypnosis and visualization session. So that's what you can look forward to from me.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. As I said, as I said before, you know, when I was trying it out a, couple, a week or so back and I thought, can I still do this? You know, it's been, it's been 20 years since I was an active hypnotherapist and and I thought, yes, I think I
1: can still make people cl- like a chicken. <laughs> and I am happy to be your test dummy if you need one.
0: <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Ali. I mean, you know, we, we started with with talking about, you know, the actual practicalities of how we handle difficult people. And then we moved on to self-care, which I think is absolutely perfect. We've, you know, we have to be, we have to take care of ourselves in order to handle the difficult situations that arise. And I think you helped us beautifully. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Heather. It's been an honor. I'm really excited. I love talking with you. Well, before we go, how can people get
0: in touch with you and you know, just tell us a little bit more about Ali Camaletti Consulting?
1: Yeah, so I am on LinkedIn and I am on Facebook under Camaletti Consulting, which I will share that I am going under some rebranding right now. And that will be coming out in the next couple of months. And so I know it's a lot of doubles, but Cameletti, C-A-M-M-E-L-L-E-T-T-I. And uh, Facebook is probably the easiest to find me on. And so I do a lot of leadership, a lot of leadership. And how I look at it is that we're all leaders. I don't care if you don't have anybody reporting to you. It's how you show up every day in your mindset.
0: I think that's perfect. You know, even even somebody working for themselves is a leader in their own right. And yes, and we all deserve some coaching for sure. Okay, well thank you. I'm it's been an absolute pleasure and I will I will see you in 2021.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, Heather.
0: Thank you so much, Ali. Thank you for joining me. That was enlightening, inspiring, and really, really interesting. You know, I love I love every so often to get off the topic of really being focused on vacation rentals and turning towards what was my core learning, which is psychology and understanding how the brain works and all about biology, brain and behavior, all that sort of stuff. So it was a delight to talk to Ali and to discuss things like mindfulness and breath work and essential oils and and how we take care of ourselves in times of stress. And it's interesting that I don't think that the word stress was mentioned once during that conversation we tend not to talk too much, you know. It's very, it was very 1990s. The whole stress thing and the whole balance, work-life balance, etc. I mean, nowadays, where does work end and life begin? Because if you're sitting and working in your kitchen and the kids come home from school and you're up from the kitchen table and start to cook, there isn't really a balance there. There isn't really a that that cut-off point where you can leave your work in the office and go home to a different type of life. So I know many many people are probably back at work now, but there's a ton of us still working from home and still trying to make that balance. So I truly hope you found that of interest. And uh, I, I strongly recommend you go to the show notes and check out some of the links that I put in there, links to the books we talked about and to some of the articles that Ali's written because they're they're really, really insightful. So as we lead up to a new year, there's a ton of things happening in our world. We'll be making a big announcement next week because we have taken on our first Sponsor our first podcast sponsor. So you're going to find a little bit of a difference in the podcast, and we're really not. We don't want to make sponsorship annoying because I, I I listen to podcasts. I listen to This American Life, and you know I I can tell you everything about Rocket Mortgage, and every week there was just the same old same old sponsorship announcement or ad, if you'd like, and we wanted to make it a little bit different. So with our sponsor, we're we're going to have a series with them on, which are going to be tiny mini interviews with the sponsor talking about their product. So we really bring to you everything that their product or their service does and helps you to make a really informed decision. But it's going to be entirely up to you. I know what it's like when you go, listen, you listen to a podcast, you're out on a hike you're perhaps in in the car in in some people are still on airplanes and you're listening to a podcast and you hear them talking about something and you think oh I'll go and check that out afterwards and you don't I mean I don't I know I don't so I'm going to be encouraging you for 2021 to pay a little more attention to the things that you hear about that you really want to follow up on so whether it's you know if you're listening on your iPhone to use the, the recording app just to record that when you get back into home, when you're sat down at your desktop, or even when you sit down on a bench while you're out for a walk, just check out what we've been talking about. Check out the books, the links, and of course, Our sponsor. So I'm not saying anything else about our sponsor. We're going to uh, announce that next week. I am so excited. It's definitely a new move for us, and uh, you know, having sponsorship is going to help us move forward and actually create more value for you. So there's other announcements coming up over the next few weeks. We're working with another company on a a course uh, that I think you're going to find really, really exciting, and also launching our virtual vendor showcase, which is again, something new and again, something new and exciting. Uh, So you're going to be hearing more about that in the next few days, actually, or perhaps next week. It won't be very long in coming before we talk about our virtual vendor showcase where you get to see the vendors, you get to hear from them, you get to hear from some of their best customers, which I think is the best way of looking at new resources and software and platforms and apps and things that are out there that perhaps you might be considering for the future of your business. So that's it for now. As I say, lots of exciting stuff coming up. Next week, we'll be interviewing Andrew McConnell as we do every year, looking back on what's gone on in the previous 12 months and taking a look forward into the next and new year. So don't miss that. There's a lot of good stuff from Andrew. And uh, following that, week after that, we have the one and only Matt Landau. So stay tuned. Don't go away. Please share the podcast with your friends and enemies, friends and competitors, whatever. Share the podcast. I'd really like new listeners to come on board for 2021. So we're going to be doing some big listener campaigns too. So that's it for now. And I will be with you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.